What's going on, everybody? My name is Ryan Coelho, and I like to think of myself as a philosopher. Whether that's true or not, uh, that'll be for you to be the judge. But what I'm going to do is share some content that I find really fascinating, and hopefully it adds to your insight into your personal development, personal growth, your spiritual journey, however you want to define it. It really doesn't matter how you define it, but the question real thing that matters is that you're exploring it because I believe that in this lifetime um, growth on an individual self-conscious level is so vital to why we're here and I know the meaning of life is very subjective for each individual but I know that there's a lot of people out there that do resonate with the idea of personal development and consciousness elevation evolution as something that is a priority so for those of you who do this is your podcast for you and let's get started the book today that i'm going to read a bit of a passage and talk about from is called the eye of the eye so the e-y-e of the eye kind of like an eye behind the eye um the inception of eyes i guess and Oh, sorry. It's the eye of the eye from which nothing is hidden by Dr. David R. Hawkins. And I believe he writes a book called Letting Go as well, which is very good. And that was referred to me late last year. And that was a really great book. And I uh, I still have to dive deeper into it. But I, I got this book because when I was on YouTube... There was a channel, I think, called The Spiritual Library that uh, I would get notifications from. And I really liked the content. And all that content tended to be from the eye of the eye from which nothing is hidden. So I highly recommend it. I got it from Amazon. Um, the quote that kind of caught my attention today is... Basically, the chapter I'm on is called The Nature of God. And just so you know, I don't really read the book in order. I open up to a page and then kind of flow through content that, that catches my attention in the moment. And there's a lot of backstory on that, which one, maybe one episode I'll go into. But for the sake of this episode, I just want to give you a, a taste of the content. Um, here, here, this is the... I'm going to read this section. That which is omnipotent omniscient and omnipresent is not vulnerable to threat or emotional upset thus god is not prone to revenge jealousy hatred violence vanity egotism or the need for adulation or compliments the beneficiary of worshiping is the worshiper god is totally and absolutely complete and has no needs or desires god is not unhappy or Whoops, sorry about that. I got a call that's interrupted, but let's keep going. God is not unhappy or upset if you have never heard of him or do not believe in him. Many of the old world descriptions of God are actually reprehensible and figments of man's guilty projections of fear. Primitives thought that every storm meant that God was angry and needed sacrifices to calm down. Volcanoes also indicated that God was angry. Ego demands explanations and looks for causes. God was therefore rationalized to be the cause of earthly events that created fear, such as earthquakes, famine, floods, pestilence, storms, drought, barrenness, or ill health. God was considered the great punitive enforcer as well as the great rewarder. Thus arose the numerous gods that 
with many different descriptions and the traditions of the cultures within which these myths originated. The god of old is the projection of the ego energies associated traditionally with the chakra of the spleen. Um, blah, blah, blah. One can see at a glance that righteousness is merely an arbitrary vanity of positionality, positionality and anger would hardly be an emotional limitation to an ever-present, all-powerful God. God is not injured by anybody's wrongdoing and therefore has no trauma to avenge. The image of God as a retaliatory, cruel punisher is hard to eradicate from one's thinking, etc., etc., etc. The reason I want to bring that up is I was, I was brought up Catholic. Um, and, you know, if you're Catholic or Christian, there's the idea of the Old Testament versus the New Testament and a vengeful God and a more loving God and, you know, the big idea of worshiping God, going to church. And I, for a long time, I grew up thinking God was this guy in the sky and until I was in university and I met friends of different religions, particularly a good friend who was Hindu and then a really good friend who was Muslim. And it just kind of blew my mind. I was like, wow, there's these people that don't believe the same thing I believe, but they're really great people. And that's kind of what stemmed me on a path of like, kind of like philosophy. I took a, a, a elective called World Religions, which I really loved. And I think it was sort of building up, but, you know, I was kind of trapped in the idea of being quote unquote successful, which over time and as the pull to go down the road of, of philosophy and spiritualism got greater, I let go of that idea of success and, and progress in life. And I, kind of, I really love what it says in this book and the idea that if there really was a God who was omnipresent, omnipowerful, it doesn't need anything. It really doesn't. If it knows everything, if it can experience anything, why does it need you to go on your knees and worship it? You know, that that's coming from a place of scarcity, a place of lack. And when we talk about God as something that is all-encompassing that doesn't that doesn't add up and i've never read it in that light and that's why i think it's so powerful uh and i wanted to share it is because i think oftentimes we we even if you take away the word god and we say the universe right and we get into more of the spiritual but not religious sense of things i think we still create this entity that needs something specific from us right like i need to behave this way to get into a higher vibration so that the universe provides me with this and and i guess in that way it's less about the reward punishment system and more about like the frequency system the higher frequency you'll attract greater things um but even that 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 polarity between less than and greater i think we create these opposites that don't necessarily need to be there Personally, I'm at a place where I'm, you know, really working towards learning and practicing how to eliminate thought. Meaning when a thought comes up, I become aware of it, catch it, and I allow the thought to go without entertaining it. As a quote I once recently read said, it's, um, there's a back door and a front door in my head and I allow the thought to come in either door and go out the other door without serving it tea. <laughs> which I thought was a cool way of thinking about it. And I kind of understand why, because if God 
or the universe or this thing that is so powerful in our minds is everything and nothing at the same time and it's just so incomprehensible then it doesn't really rely on thoughts it doesn't need a relative skill to work off of or to exist it just exists with what is and it sees things from a lens of what is and it feels whatever it feels and it just it really is from a place of awareness and, and sort of the witness the observer and I think that's a, a really key thing that all spiritual pursuits um, should just keep in mind because I'm someone who has gone down the road of trying to rationalize this stuff and make sense of it and trying to say like no, like I need to be able to think about it in a rational way of what God is and where I'm going and the outcome and how the process looks. And while those things are helpful, I think at the end of the day, when you realize that there's this entity that literally needs nothing, if we want to connect with this entity, we simply need to get to a place where we literally need nothing. And wherever we are with whatever we have, we can be a complete peace with it and not in a way of accepting because we have to accept, accepting because we know there is nothing else to accept but that very circumstance in that very moment because we know that while we could label it and say right now this is a bad moment or right now this is a good moment, above and beyond that it's just a moment that is and we don't have to think about it. We can just be in that if you want to call it the seat of God, seat of awareness, God perspective, however you defined higher consciousness states or um, your spiritual source, is just, yeah, getting to that place where you don't need to define it in words and you don't need to do anything in specific. You simply are there with it and by being there with it you're with this idea that you have in your head of god wow so that was deep i hope that made sense i kind of just went into a bit of like uh what's on my mind and what's in my soul and just expressing it so i'm probably gonna listen back to this to see uh some of the things i said but i hope it helps I hope it makes some sense, and if it doesn't, I hope at least it was enjoyable to listen to. And as time goes on and the episodes go on and I get a little bit more familiar about uh, how to structure these episodes, uh, I guess let's just see where it goes. Feel free to leave your comments, thoughts, feedbacks. I believe I'm, on, I'm using Anchor, so I believe you can leave messages, which is uh, a neat feature. And uh, we will see you next time where... We'll sit with it, whatever it happens to be. All right, everybody, enjoy your day.